0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Daigle Bites ad free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Yeah! Daigle Bites. The next episode, we are going to talk all about identity. I remember standing in the back of some venue in Knoxville, Tennessee. It was an arena and there were cinder block walls everywhere. They all start to look the same after a while. But I remember specifically this one particular room because I said, God, what am I supposed to do for this next record? It was actually over two years before I ended up writing Look Up Child and I just remember feeling overwhelmed with the idea of going into to write another record while I was on tour. So here I am standing surrounded by these cinder block walls, kind of serendipitous, because let me tell you, that's how it felt on the inside. And as I was standing in there, I heard the word identity flash across my mind. And um, I remember thinking, no, not identity. This is going to cost something. And sure enough, it, it actually has taught me a lot in the process of writing Look Up Child. I've been privileged and honored to get to Be a part of just, I don't know, uncovering one more little piece of who I'm becoming. And hopefully all of you have learned a little bit more about yourself in the process of listening to Look Up Child as well. In this episode, as we talk about identity, we're going to get questions from the Q&A. Here we go. Let's dive in. From Knoxville, Tennessee, once again, I've gotten this question and I love it. Life comes in seasons. What season are you in right now and why? I'm in a season of learning. That's for sure. There's a million things going by me, a million miles an hour. And, you know, I, I talked to someone. I was at the YMCA yesterday sitting in the sauna. Then I hear this guy start talking, and he has an accent. And I say, well, hey, what's your name, and where are you from? And he told me he was from the UK. And we start small talking, and I was really amazed at some of the things that he was saying because he was in his 50s, and he was... Really being honest about how his life has taken him down this path of photography, but he wasn't able to build a family and different things like that because of his life going so fast. He would travel around the world. And I said, oh, this is very familiar. And he said, but you know what happened with me? As I had dreams and visions and goals, but I never saw them to fruition because I was too afraid to fail. And I asked about people who, you know, they've accomplished this and they accomplished that. And how did they arrive at this destination? And it was always because they embraced failure. And they they saw failure as a a place to thrive in and run from and enjoy. Not run from, like run away. Like start there and run, you know. And so I, I started thinking about that a lot. And I realized, man... I'm in a season of learning because right now you, it's, a, it's a position to embrace the success and embrace the failure and not see one as good and one as bad, but just see them as friends that hold hands and help each other get to the next phase of life. And so for me, that, yeah, that's what I would say, uh, a season of learning. While I was in Nashville, Tennessee, I was asked a question that is Pretty difficult to answer. When people ask me about fear, typically I say, I'm not afraid. I don't have fear until I start to sit a little bit. And then I can think of one or two. I'm a seven on the enneagram. So that often makes me run away from things like fear. I enjoy fun. Let's just replace the F word with something different. Not fear, but fun. Anyway, while I was in Nashville, I was asked, what advice do you have on fear and weariness? A lot of times, fear makes you weary, right? So you feel like you're being kept in cinder block walls that just keep pushing in more and more and more and more and more. And when a- anxiety surmounts, you get exhausted from anxiety. It wears you out. It wears me out. And I've, I've had just, you know, three weeks ago, talking about the pressure, it was like three weeks ago, I was on the beach in... We were in San Diego, and I was really, really sick, and I flew in um, from San Francisco. We had a show the day before, and then we had a show in San Diego, so I was flying from San Fran to San Diego, okay, and I remember sitting in a coffee shop, just like going to get food really quick once we landed, and I was with my producer and um, one of my security guys, and as I was talking to them, it was like all the walls started pushing in, and I was holding a menu and words started like floating off the menu. And it was as if five years of pressure just all hit at one time. Like all of the, the intensity had just kind of surmounted in that one moment. And you say that you feel it every day. So my advice to you, because I, I, I feel like I'm starting to experience it a little bit every day. Just a little bit of weight is added. And I have to remember purpose. So for me, that's that's the first way to break out of it. Like, um, all right, why am I here? What is it that I'm supposed to be doing on this planet? And are, are your fears like, are they around what you're doing? Are they around action? Are they around fear of the unknown? Like what's coming in that I'm unsure of? That was actually why we wrote You Say was because I was having so much anxiety about what was coming down the pike that I wasn't aware of. So what I would say is um, just stay focused on your purpose, knowing that God will call and equip you to everything that is to come, whatever comes your way. He will be the, the stabilizer, the one that keeps your feet intact. And a lot of times people think when anxiety comes, oh, I just, I could talk myself out of it. it doesn't necessarily work like that. It's not really like that. So the other thing I would say advice wise is find one person that understands, that just knows you and can look in your eyes and remind you who you are in one instant and just say, okay, if someone has my back in this, then I'll be able to get at least one foot in front of the other through the process of fear. And I think There's something beautiful about the process because a lot of times we see fear, we see anxiety, we see weariness, and we say, get away. No, no, these are bad things, but they're actually great teachers. And I've learned to say, all right, this is actually what I'm feeling in this moment. I feel overwhelmed. I feel insecure. I feel like my back is against the wall. Help me to see who you are, God, in this process. And that will innately bring me out of it. Back in Knoxville, I was asked, how do you get through hard times and anxieties that you deal with? So I'm joyful. I'm, I'm um, vivacious. I'm an extrovert. I'm all these things. I love cliff jumping and I love skydiving. I'm like, bring it on. All the adrenaline. I love it. So I wouldn't necessarily say, oh, I'm an anxious person until anxiety comes. And there are times where I'm like, what is happening? This isn't me. This isn't me. And someone told me a long time ago, they said, perfect love casts out all fear. And I remember listening to that over and over and over again. Perfect love casts out all fear. Well, I know someone who loves me beyond my wildest imagination, beyond my wildest dreams. And he has a love that's so rich for me. He's actually looking out for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he can see the things that I can't see. So even now, as an adult, when more anxiety has added to my life, I've never been anxious. I didn't really know about that. But the older I'm getting, the more I'm starting to learn what, what that is and how that has come up in my life. And so because of that, I have to say, okay, God, I want to know what you see for tomorrow. Can you come and give me that peace so that I can rest tonight? Can you show me, all right, I might have fear here, But if I really believe in that perfect love that you have for me, I'm just going to push fear aside and say, that's a lie. You're trying to get in my head. You're trying to get in my heart. It's not going to work. Now, when I push that aside, I say, okay, God, come and show me what your love looks like right here. You're right here in this moment. Last night, I was driving down the bus. I don't know what happened. I just started busting out crying out of nowhere. And that this is not my behavior. I'm like... Doesn't, that does not happen often. But I started, I was thinking about that for the season. I was like, oh, season of learning. Because <laughs> last night, I just started crying out of nowhere, and I realized what it was. It was anxiety. I was getting anxious because we're about to come off the road, and I'm about to have to go into a different pace of life, and it's a different change every time we come off the road. And I get anxious about that. I don't like it. I'm like, let's just stay in one season of life and just run and, <laughs> and enjoy it. Um, and so it might be going to school and maybe facing people that are unkind, that you're unsure of, or maybe it's going home. I mean, going to school and feeling like your family's going to leave or something. I used to have that when I was in the eighth grade. I would get so scared that something was going to happen to my family while I was gone. A lot of those things would come up. And now in my adult life, I can identify, that was anxiety back then. That's what that was. But guess what? God saw through every single day. On the other side, it was always available. His love was always available. And he was always looking out for me in places that I couldn't see. And so that's what I focus on. All right, God, your love is better than me trying to control tomorrow or work it out. Your love is better, and it'll it'll have my back better than I'll have my own. And so that's kind of what gets me through. So you just keep your head in the game. Stay strong. Because a lot of times when attacks like that come, even when you're young... It's because you're meant for something great. So just know, it's just noise. It's not real. None of it's real. It's just noise. You have to say, be quiet, and then say, all right, God, show me your love. Let's go on an adventure. In New York, I was asked a question that I'm often asked. And I love answering this question because it was a song that I wrote in the process of discovering who I was becoming in the midst of all of the pressures and the demands and the expectations that kind of float around in your mind, just when you're someone in the music industry. I like this question. How did you say come about? I finished my very first award show and it was kind of one of those moments, and everybody could experience this probably in different ways, but where you feel inadequate for what is to come, or you feel maybe not inadequate, but insecure about where your life is going so for me it was here I am in this industry I'm from Louisiana I'm like a swamp girl I just I love being outside and I love the simple things in life they really they mean so much to me but you got all these flashing lights and cameras and I could kind of it was really early on but I could kind of start to feel where things were going to go um at the time I was singing, I think in like, you know, 500 people rooms. (laughs) And I was kind of like, okay, I can just see the ripple effect of this. And I felt like I was stuck in a place where I wasn't sure of what it was going to demand of me or expect of me. Um, And I wasn't sure if I wanted to give up the life that I had once known. But sometimes it feels like you're pushed in the back into something in a way that your feet are trying to catch up. And it was that feeling. It's not always a bad thing. It wasn't a bad thing for me. It was just like the momentum of trying to keep my feet underneath me was a little daunting. And uh, I felt like I had to become a different person to measure up to what the demand was. And that could be anywhere in life for the teenagers in here. That could be in school or you feel like you got the peer pressure thing going on. You wonder how you're going to manage the rest of your high school time and it could be a career change it could be you know someone passing away just life confronting you in a way that you didn't expect that was kind of the feeling the sentiment of letting something go that I'd once known and entering into something that was completely unknown so fear was starting to arise and insecurity was starting to arise and I went to my producer and my other producer two of them And we wrote that song together, and they just said, you need to replace all the lies, uh, the doubt, the worries, the insecurities with the truth. And that's how it was written. When I was in Nashville, I was asked a question that I absolutely admire. This question could be personified in many different ways. This question can relate to many different people um, in many different scenarios. I like questions like that, that are... Available for not just someone on a platform, but available for every person on this planet. Those are the questions that really inspire me. And I love this question. And I hope that this question um, and its answer brings a lot of comfort to you guys. This one is, can you share your thoughts about staying grounded during criticism? I remember feeling like, why don't these people understand me? That's where your heart kinda goes at first. You're like, why, why, why are people choosing to be unkind? why would they say things that are completely opposite of who I am um, and be so forthright in their accusation? And that happens a lot. You know, I've never, the whole cyberbullying thing, that was like brand new to me, but now my heart goes out to those children that are like dealing with that on a day in and day out basis. But all that to say, um, I, I told her, someone told me a couple years ago, they said, true freedom is when you give people the permission to misunderstand you. And that really set, it sets you free because then you don't take on the offense. Because why would I sit here and let people who don't know me from Adam, all they know is the image that has been portrayed or what they want to believe of me. Um, why would I let these people dictate whether or not my truth is, is real? And in taking on offense, you actually create a world of chaos for yourself. And so I had to sit and choose, do I allow these people who are maybe unkind to dictate what my actions are gonna, gonna be? No, instead, I'm given this beautiful privilege to love them. It's a privilege to sit and have someone accuse you. It's like Jesus lets you feel just a little bit closer to maybe some of the scorn he's felt, just a little bit, just a fraction. But you're able to sympathize with him, and he comes and he shows you pieces of his heart that you might not have otherwise experienced had you not gone through something painful. And so, you know, he was spit on. He had his best friends reject him and deny him, the people he lived years with. And those are his close brothers. I just have people that are in the distance that don't necessarily know me, that I don't necessarily know on a public space, you know, maybe accusing me. But I was able to see a a side of Jesus that I had never seen before. And I, I considered it a privilege to get to experience that space. And so because of that, you sit and you reject offense. You say, you know what, I'm not going to let this offend me because that will build a world of chaos for myself. Instead, I'm going to say, oh, oh, you you need the grace section of God. You need to understand this piece of him maybe in a different way. And you just love him. You just love the offender. You love the one who might not know you, the one who might speak against you. And I told him, how do I stay grounded? It's like a horse that's on a race. You know, they put those blinders up because if a horse doesn't have those little shields, they're wandering and they're going so much slower. But if you can steady stay focused on your purpose, if you've been given a purpose, which we all have, maybe we haven't discovered it, but every single person has a purpose here. If you can stay focused, like razor sharp, eyes right on that. My purpose is, my purpose is. So when all of these things that are external on the side come in, you can say, no, I got the blinders. I'm staying focused because that's where I'll run the fastest. That's where I'll run the strongest. And that's where I'll do what I was meant to do on this planet. Back in Raleigh, North Carolina, I was asked, what is the most valuable thing you learned during your teenage years? Let me tell you, my teenage years were so interesting fun hard painful sorrowful joyful all the things but hopefully this next answer will give you something to look forward to so my teenage years were pretty chaotic i never went to i I went to a a private christian school ninth grade and the beginning of 10th grade year so i started high school when i was 13 ninth grade and I remember having so much excitement, so much zeal. I'm a social bug, so I'm like, the more people, the merrier. And all of it came to a screeching halt when I was 15. I was taken out of school and placed on homebound for two, about two years uh, from an autoimmune illness. And I went into incredible solitude, lots of isolation, and I remember feeling so... Um, alone super alone and I was kind of in a, a season where your girlfriends get knives and they stab you in the back not fun that's a joke kids that was a joke um but it it was kind of one of those phases of life where you're like oh my gosh why are people so mean and I remember in that that season God really took me on a journey that I I don't even know how to put into words, but he became my confidant and my friend and the person that I could dream with. And there were there were like moments where I'd be brushing my teeth, and in the reflection, I could see stages and different tour buses and different audiences and charts and awards and all these things. And I remember thinking, I'm losing my mind. I'm getting cabin fever. The girl's been locked up a little too long. <laughs> we need to let her out. And... <laughs> And all the while, I'm sitting here like, what is this? And I started realizing this was God showing me what was to come. So I say all of that story to say what might seem right now as something that's really difficult or maybe a place of incredible pain, that is also a place where you can launch from. It's the place that has gotten me here. It's the the place that I run back to the second I feel unstable. And it's amazing how you're able to have this opportunity to take what might be the worst of situations and and actually see God use them for the very, very best. I wouldn't have what I have. I wouldn't be able to sing a song because it was in that phase of life that I started taking voice lessons because my mom didn't, I was battling depression and my mom didn't want me to, you know, do anything. And so she said, let's start start with some voice lessons. You want to do that? That's like not too harmful to your body. And I was like, sounds great. And now I get to do this for the rest of my life. In New York City, I was asked if there is one thing you could say to the youth right now, what would you say? This was one of my favorites. One, see people, period. See people, not through a screen, not through an ideology, not through who you think you should be. But sit back and like, let the person next to you mean something to you. The more life you live, the more connections you make. And if you get to the end of your life and you've only made three because you were never real with people and you never gave people the chance to be real to you, it, you've lived a sorrowful life, honestly. It's a, it's a life that was wasted. But if you can look and say, this is the love that I have established in my heart for you and for you, and for you, and for you, and for you. Those are the kind of things that change generations. Those are the kind of legacies that make a mark way greater than a temporal pop culture blip. So I would say that's one, see people. And the second would be, be someone of integrity. Let something with integrity be the thing that allows you to thrive. Let it be the thing that puts your feet on the floor in the morning. I want to be a a person of integrity here. wherever And that doesn't mean you can't go into dark places or anything like that. It means in them, show the world what integrity looks like. I feel like it's slipping through the fingertips of the youth right now. Integrity is kind of the last thought. And I feel like the more people who stand up with integrity, who have that boldness, the more change we'll see, the more beauty we'll see. Of what's to come. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Dagel Bites. Make sure to subscribe, tell your friends, and send me your questions to podcast at laurendagle.com. See you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Daigle Bites ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com slash survey. I have missed these Friday night dinners. welcome to Harvey Graf. At these family dinners. everyone. Dysfunction is served. Wah! I can't have you all messing things up for my entire adult life. Oh, I'm sorry. Do we embarrass you? Jump, jump, jump. It's already better than I dared to dream. They're extra. Let the wild rumpus start. Woo, 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 woo. And they're embarrassing. We know how hard it is to move on from the first girl that you ever slept with. Not the first girl who I ever slept yeah, with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. You're a regular lady killer. I thought you said it was going to be boring here tonight. Woo! No! I really oh. hoped it would be. But they couldn't love each other more. Surprise! It's mom and dad being totally normal. Wow. So, dinner next Friday, everyone? What not miss for the world. Dinner with the Parents, Season 1. Stream free, only on Freebie.